0: So an interesting conversation happened on episode 234 of Jim Cornette's drive Through involving Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and CM Punk. And I think this is a conversation that needs to be had among wrestling fans. Is the AEW versus WWE war really just a debate over Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels' influence in today's pro wrestling? We talk about it today on the Squared Circle Psychobabble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, it's funny that these two names get brought up. A lot of fans that watch wrestling in the '90s probably were either a Bret Hart fan or Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah. In our household, you were the Bret fan. What? Yep. I was the Shawn fan. You know, I remember watching WrestleMania 12. You were rooting for Bret. I was rooting for Shawn. And I think wrestlers today, I think you see the philosophy of Bret, and you see the philosophy of Shawn. So, do you really think that the war per se? of AEW versus WWE is really
1: a, a a debate a philosophy between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I don't necessarily think the war or the uh the the difference between the two can be point to just, you know, hey, this is the the approach the approach Bret Hart wanted to take for pro wrestling, the more serious approach or Shawn Michaels maybe the uh, a different approach. I think that it just comes down to like you pointed out what certain people grew up on and a certain mindset of what you think is important or should be valued in pro wrestling from the wrestler standpoint. If you look at Brett, obviously from everything that that is reported and that you've read about, it's a much more serious approach. Um, The technical side of things, the way that he worked, the backstage stuff, the fact about if you've ever listened to any of his interviews about the, te- the sense of pride that he took in per- putting some people over. I just listened to, an interview a couple of days ago where he talked about wanting to put Sean over and really wanting to invest time and in putting Sean over because he thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, those two guys right before the Attitude Era were really uh, the workhorses in, in WWE. Now, did they really get the recognition that they deserved? Probably not at that time, but I think as time has gone on and the fact that you know Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels was able to make a comeback, have some great matches at WrestleMania, Bret Hart, People look back on his body of work. I think they both have an influence on, you know, pro wrestling across the board, not just, Mm -hmm. you know, specific to WWE's approach or to AEW's approach match-wise. Right. Now, obviously,
0: you talk about the two greatest eras in wrestling, and people usually point out one of two, the Attitude Era or the Golden Era. And then there's this gap in between from like, I would say, 92-ish to 96 and these two were literally the only ones that were, at least for in WWE's case, really the only guys to watch because you had the time of the stupid gimmicks like Duke the Dumpster Drossi and Mantar and the Goon. And these are- doink doink. And, and Right. So these were the guys that kind of carried WWE through the worst of times. Fast forward now to 2022 and you have the same debate kind of happening right now where it's like, is wrestling the worst it's ever been? And you look at these two guys and like, is wrestling getting taken too seriously with like guys like Brett or is everybody doing stuff like, like Shawn Michaels, but yet there's no one at the top. That's like taking it to the mainstream audience because Sean and Brett weren't really doing that per se in the mid nineties. Yeah. Then it came across the attitude era. So maybe we're heading into that boom. Like we had in the attitude era. And this is kind of that, that gap in between. But you look at it, especially the black and gold brand of NXT with Triple H running the show and Shawn Michaels having his hand on it. A lot of those wrestlers, you could see the influence of Shawn Michaels. AEW today, you could see, especially in the tag team division, a lot of the influence of Shawn Michaels from all the super kicks and all the high spots <laughs> and all stuff like that. You could definitely see. And even a point of like overselling, which Shawn was definitely a great seller and sometimes oversold. Let's not forget Hogan. the match with Hogan at SummerSlam yeah. 05, but you know, you see that, but then you also see the guys that take it serious. And like the guys like CM Punk, which actually this is where this whole conversation derived from, his comment in the Post Revolution Scrum where he was saying Brett was always right and hoping that he could have had, you know, the 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 money that people are getting for Saudi Arabia dates and stuff like that. And I definitely see the influence in Bret Hart. And you could see who's a Bret Hart guy, who's a Shawn Michaels guy. And today, I think people are debating which promotion's
1: better when it's really just what philosophy works in today's wrestling. I think that, well, first of all, I I don't, I I listened to that that whole segment and I don't necessarily agree that, you know, Shawn didn't, uh, look, Shawn is criticized for having... Parts of his career where he was more or less a dick. Yeah. Right. I don't think he never took the, he had a different approach. Obviously Brett takes things a little more serious. It would seem, but uh, with Sean, I I never got the sense that his matches were heavily reliant on like big spots, big spot, big spot, big spot, like continuously. Did they have spots and was Sean working? What was then maybe more of like a high flyer, uh approach yeah but if you look at sean's uh matches now like that's not really high flying like what an elbow drop a moonsault uh dive to the outside like that's pretty common and the other thing with the sean michaels match is it was spread out Mm -hmm. you know it was paced it wasn't like we're gonna do this a big spot for the sake of doing big spots back to back to back to back back. right um so i i think that while sean influenced a certain um majority of pro wrestling fans because he was so over the top and he was doing things that were different and stood out and for his personality and all that type of stuff. I I, I don't think that it was like his, his in ring influence was meant to be like, okay, we're just going to do continuous spot after spot, after spot, after spot. Uh, Sean's Sean still had a very technical approach to his matches And uh, they were planned out very well from a storytelling uh, point of view. Right. And I think that's
0: really what's missing in today's wrestling. Like, yes, you can have all these cool spots and table spots and weapons and high flying spots like, oh, my God, moments jumping from the cage or whatever. But what separates Shawn Michaels from all these people that he's influenced is that Shawn did it, as you pointed out, from a storytelling perspective, There was a reason to do it other than, oh, shit, this is going to look cool and the fans are going to pop for it. He told you why you're going to pop for it. He figured out why it needed to be done. Just for an example, go watch the Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker. If it's not for him selling the impact of this match, are we having Hell in a Cell matches in 2022? 25 years later, almost. Yeah, 25 years later, 35 years later, whatever the number is. You know. That's the stuff that he, I mean, you kind of saw it once he started getting involved with NXT and probably what he's doing now being a a huge part of NXT 2.0 that I think some of these independent wrestlers are like, oh, he was just a guy that did a bunch of super kicks and moonsaults and high spots. And you see like the young bucks, obviously you see the influence there because they dress like the rockers or Adam Cole and doing all the super kicks. Like you could tell they did were influenced by Shawn Michaels. And obviously the stuff with the elite and being the elite is a lot of stuff that DX did in the attitude era, or at least that like tongue in cheek joke shit and try to, you know, bring the inside out. That's what the young bucks are doing. And that's what influences them. Is it necessarily a bad thing? No, but it's just a, a philosophy thing. And personally, I'm one that yes, there needs to be seriousness and everything needs to happen for a reason, but I don't mind the comedy stuff. And that's what Sean was like. When he needed to be serious, he was, but he was funny as hell. Just look at his stuff during the Ruthless Aggression era. He, there's some funny stuff in there. Look at all the times he, or the time he kicked Stan, aka Sean Spears, but it's like stuff like that's just hilarious. But he was serious when he needed to be.
1: Yeah. And I think so. You brought up the elite and obviously, you know, they're they're a faction, if nothing else. When you look at the influence that both of them have had, whether it's, you know, Bret Hart as the with the Hart Foundation, John mm-hmm. Michaels and DX. There's been some obvious uh, influence as far as factions and especially with the with the elite, you know, the, the Wolfpack mm-hmm. pack um, hand gesture and all that type of stuff. The too sweet. That type of stuff that that all, yeah, that all kind of comes and stems from both the NWO and DX, I think, kind of combined. Right. And the fact that there was, you know, Shawn Shawn Michaels was in the group that they used to refer to themselves as the uh, the click and all those types of things. So obviously there's going to be negative things that are said probably more so about the way that uh, the click influenced things backstage. But if nothing else, these two guys, when you look at where they, uh, the time in which they were. At the top of the card, they were transitioning away from like the super heavyweight champion guys, like your Hogan's, your ultimate warriors, guys like that, that were, you know, massive. And even during that time when they were on top, you had champions like diesel and you had guys like Sid who were still like, like six, five, six, seven, six, eight, however big, almost 300 pounds. That wasn't Shawn Michaels. And that wasn't Bret Hart, but they showed that there is a place for smaller guys in pro wrestling. So when you look at the influence that they've had in pro wrestling, you can certainly see that today. Now, people are obviously going to debate that and say, "I can't take it seriously because they're too small or this or that." I think that Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart were right around the size where people could look at them and say, "They're still a pro athlete." I think there are some people today that are much smaller and I can understand why people can't take them seriously or if they want to at least try to make the argument, I at least understand it. Um, but for them, they very much put on the map that, yeah, you can go and challenge for a world championship and be taken seriously or be the champion and put the company on your back. Now, did it translate to ticket sales and all that type of stuff? You can argue no, but I don't know if that necessarily had to do with their size so much as, as you pointed out, the fact that the characters at that time, you know, nobody was really into it. Right. Um, And, and even then, like that bridge from 93 to 96, like...
0: WCW was getting all of the older guys in WWE and it worked for a little bit, but Hogan got stale and there wasn't really doing much with, with Savage and flair and stuff like that. And it took the NWO in 96 to really kick them into other, you know, another gear. And then we got Austin and you know, the Monday night war really kicked into effect between 96 and 2001, but it was really this gap here that influenced today's wrestling. Now, you could say ticket sales aren't as good for both companies. You could say ratings aren't as good for both companies. And maybe this proves that the smaller guys are not selling and you need the larger-than-life characters like a Roman or a Brock Lesnar. But at the same time, you need these guys to bridge that gap for when that next megastar happens, that next Austin, that next Rock, that next Taker kind of thing. And I, I think regardless of who's on the top of the card. As far as what goes between the ropes, I think Brett and Sean are the perfect examples. Whether you think it should be super serious or you could be serious when you need to be, but comedic at the same time, that's where wrestling needs to be. You could be a Brett guy and be totally fine and still make the top of the card. You could be a Sean guy and still make the top of the card. But I think today where people are arguing WWE versus AEW, that's not really the debate you should be having because they both yeah. they both have their flaws. And when you really think about the core of what you're debating, it's really, are you a Brett guy or are you a Sean guy? And I know there's going to be people out there that say, well, I'm both. I'm one. I like Brett, but I'm more of a Sean guy. You like, you like both, but you're more of a Brett guy. It's safe to How say. How would you have
1: guessed from watching this show? Seriously. <laughs> but-
0: but I think that's really the debate you have to have. Is wrestling supposed to be fully Bret Hart or is it fully Shawn Michaels or is it a blend of the two? And I think that would be a great comment. You know, let us know in the comments what you guys think. So close out with this. Both of them today, if they were in their prime, would they be main eventers and would they be megastars today?
1: Uh, mega stars. I mean, I don't know. That's just because mega stars tough, just because there's only been a handful of them throughout pro wrestling history. Um, they'd be stars and they'd be considered the best at what they're doing. Cause you know, history has even proven that they're at that level. They can perform mm-hmm. their stuff. Whether you're looking at Sean's matches, whether you're looking at Brett matches, I go back and watch their matches, um, frequently and mm-hmm. it's not like it looks aged or dated or anything like that. They yep. can go out there and wrestle. You know, take take Bret in his prime, take Sean in their prime. I'll go. I'll go put them in the main event of WrestleMania this year against Roman or at Double or Nothing against Kenny Omega. No problem. Like that's how good they were. It's not like it's dated. Right. Um, and that and that's the other thing too. Like we're right around WrestleMania season right now. People think of WrestleMania when I think of WrestleMania. There's a handful of names that come to mind. Obviously, the Undertaker, Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like that but Sean and Brett are two names that continuously will always stand out for me because when you look at it if you want a more technical match you know Brett is your guy he was as technical as it gets one of the best technicians maybe the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be of all time you can probably make that argument but then when you look at it from a storytelling standpoint Sean was great at that selling wise uh Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff so right when you're looking back at Wrestlemania the standard that they set putting WrestleMania matches on the map. Uh, the ladder match, the the fact that Sean had that type of influence in with razor to, to influence ladder matches for years and years and years to come. Yeah. Um, you know, I go back and watch matches with Brett and Piper uh, HBK mm-hmm. and taker. I mean, there's so many special moments and matches that they had Sean. Uh, I'm sorry, Steve Austin and Bret Hart. They're yep. so synonymous with what most would consider the biggest wrestling show of all time to this point. Um, that, they help set the standard, if nothing else, for what a good match really is supposed to be. So um, their influence then stands true today. They can go in main event, any pay-per-view, I think, and still be the top dog in any company in any promotion.
0: Right. No, I, I totally agree with you. And one thing you have to take into consideration with these two guys is you talk about them in WrestleMania. You ever talk about whether or not they won or lost their matches? And that is such a huge problem in today's wrestling, where people are so focused on who won and who lost that they forget the most important aspect of that match. It's how you won or lost. Bret Hart has lost a few times at WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels, I think, has the second most losses behind Triple H at WrestleMania, and he's Mr. Freaking WrestleMania. So it goes to show you, like, it's not necessarily if you win or lose. It's how you win or lose in professional wrestling. And these guys, honestly, if I were to take two guys to coach today's wrestlers, Sean and Brett, instantly, instantly, my two head coaches, and they would, I think, shape, wrestling for 20 years ahead but let us know in the comments below what you think is this really an AEW versus WWE war or is it really just a debate of philosophies between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart don't forget to share this over social media We're on Facebook Instagram and Twitter SCPV podcast subscribe we'll see you on the next episode of the squared circle cycle babble